Welcome back to another episode of The End Game, Insiders on Your Side, a podcast that's been developed for senior lab executives by senior lab executives. Our intent of creating this podcast is to share valuable industry knowledge, tips, and strategies that when applied and properly executed will help lab executives and owners succeed, thrive, and ultimately become better prepared for your own end game. Good morning, everyone. My name is Melissa Butterworth, and I am your host of The End Game. I grew up in the lab industry going all the way back to the late 90s. And while I'm an entrepreneur at heart, I did start my career in the hospital outreach business for the first nine years in Jacksonville, Florida, followed by a combined seven years working for the larger national laboratories. I am a prior lab owner myself and the current CEO of Advanced Strategic Partners. We are a lab-specific M&A firm that started in 2008. And unlike our competitors in the space, each member of our team grew up in the laboratory diagnostic sector. This is one of the key differentiators that makes our team incredibly valuable if you are deciding to sell your lab. We understand what you as lab owners and executives face on a day-to-day basis. Over the course of the last two years in this new post-COVID world, I think it's safe to say that we've all experienced many changes, and as a result, we have had to quickly pivot and change a lot of our own internal strategies. For example, our organization has had to make many changes. We partnered over the last 18 months with Take Charge, a corporation owned and operated by the prior CEO of the largest lab in the world with Mr. Gary Huff. In addition, we partnered with the prior chair and head of mergers and acquisitions for the healthcare division from the prestigious law firm of McDonnell Hopkins with Mr. Rick Cooper. Finally, we also entered into a strategic arrangement with Acumen to help hospital systems across the country with a one-stop shop solution to all of your laboratory diagnostic needs. In addition, it was you, our respective clients, who asked for this podcast, and we are excited to have launched all of these solutions based on your request. Over the course of the next year, you're going to be hearing from strategic thought leaders in our space from a wide range of areas, including mergers and acquisitions, operations, legal, sales and marketing, compliance, best billing practices, regulatory, lab stewardship, and many, many more exciting areas. We have what I consider to be an incredible lineup of guest speakers planned, and you are not going to want to miss any of our episodes. We will be posting all of our podcast episodes on our home website at www.advancedstrategicpartners.com. If you happen to be interested in selling your lab or if you wish to have a free 60-minute consultation with myself or members of our team, feel free to reach out to me at m18butterworth at advancedstrategicpartners.com or you can always private message me on LinkedIn at Melissa Butterworth. Today, we will be covering a topic that can be extremely sensitive and very complex. However, it is absolutely the number one area and the number one question that we seem to hear over and over again by most lab owners, and that is, what is the value of my lab? If you're thinking about selling your company or even a part of your company in the next 12 to 18 months, you are not going to want to miss this episode of The End Game. Considering that valuation is a very complex topic, we have broken the subject down into four episodes. On the first episode, we learned about valuation and the most common valuation methods applied in the lab M&A world. In our second episode, we learned about 10 key tips to consider prior to going to market. 
In today's episode, we will be discussing the seven key attributes that define a quality lab from the eyes of a buyer. Let's jump right into episode three of the Endgame podcast. It should be no surprise that number one is clean financials. On our last episode of the Endgame, we discussed the importance of having at least three to five years of your cash flow statements, balance sheets, and income statements provided by a reputable outside accounting firm in combination with your internal controller or CFO. We also discussed how important it is to ensure that your team has taken the time to deduct COVID out from both a revenue and expense perspective. We understand that this can get really tricky, but it's very important that you do this ahead of time. If you are working with an M&A advisor, they should have the expertise to be able to assist you with this. There is nothing more comforting from a buyer's perspective and knowing that whatever the adjusted EBITDA number that you have represented is actually the adjusted EBITDA number. If the owner of the lab has been overly aggressive and, or if they've been miscategorizing taxes, then it's pretty obvious that a buyer's comfort level will go down, right? And if the financials are messy or questionable, the comfort level goes down even more. We did provide a helpful tip on our last podcast, and that is to consider getting a quality of earnings report completed that represents the last 12 months of your financials. This isn't absolutely necessary, but it will certainly make the M&A process go much smoother. We have a number of folks that we can recommend who can accomplish this for you in anywhere from 30 to 60 day time frame, and it typically costs anywhere from 20 upwards to $40,000, depending on the size and scope of the project. It's also very important that you have your billing, including your outstanding accounts receivables and accounts payables cleaned up. We mentioned this on our last podcast. Now, if you've outsourced your billing, we have seen a lot of lab owners who have gone through a particularly challenging time post-COVID in this area. We do have recommendations of folks who you can hire to come in and get things cleaned up prior to going to market, and we certainly recommend this. I did want to share with you a deal that our firm completed in the last 18 months that took our advice and they got a quality of earnings report. And they also went over and above and did a full billing audit prior to taking them to the market. Not only did the client learn some valuable insights by doing this, but the M&A process, which can be anywhere from six to nine months, we actually completed it in a record 85 days because of how organized their financials were in addition to being able to successfully get through due diligence and a complete billing audit within record time. Tip number two, do you have a solid management team? Buyers are going to be focused on the continuity of your business. And as we learned on our last podcast, they're going to want to know if the business is dependent on the owner and or owners of the company. For example, if any of the owners walk post-sale, is the business going to walk? And we discussed that in great length on our last podcast, but it's very important that you take this seriously and you look at putting in a very capable management team. Is there a management team in place if the owner's leaving? If all the pieces are not in place, buyers start to feel particularly uncomfortable. 
buyers will pay a premium for a business that has built a solid management team and that is not heavily dependent on the owner. For example, our firm worked with a company for a period of two years. We brought in Take Charge and Gary Huff, his organization, and they started implementing a very concise succession plan for members of senior management to ensure that once the owner sold, they were able to confidently convey to the buyers in the market that they had the best of the best, particularly in key areas such as sales, operations, and with your technical staff. In today's environment with such a need for technical staff and such shortages everywhere, a solid producing sales team, a solid producing operations team, and technical staff will go a long way. And it's very critical in assisting that, you know, we convey this to buyers so that we can get the deal over the finish line and instill that confidence in the buyers. Number three. Do you have a diversified client mix and testing mix? Does your lab have a wide range of testing and do you offer that testing to a wide range of clients? For example, our firm represented a lab that was focused mainly in the molecular testing space and therefore their profit margins were 35 to 50%, which is something we don't see very often in this space. It was very positive. However, they sent out all of their routine traditional testing to a local hospital. So while the lab had very high profit margins, the responses that we got from the market was a larger concern. And that was the fact that the existing testing mix was subject to major pricing reductions for the future concerning that molecular testing is subject for more upcoming scrutiny. Now, this particular lab serviced a broad range of clients, including urgent care, pediatricians, family practice, internal medicines, women's health, you know, all of the types of clients that buyers want to see. However, the testing itself was just not broad enough to put the buyers in the market at a comfort level. Another example that buyers are going to be looking at in this category is, are the existing customers committed to buying in the future? Do you have any existing contracts that are up for renewal soon? For example, we recently represented a larger pathology group who serviced over 15 large hospital clients, and one of the larger clients was going to be up for renewal. So we had to make sure that we discussed this with our client to ensure that their confidence level was high so that we could convey that confidence level to the buyers in the market. Buyers are also going to look at there's any single customer responsible for generating over 15 to 20% of your overall revenue. They're also going to look to see if customers are good at paying their bills if you have a lot of bill client scenarios. In addition, they're going to look at to see if the new owner, if they were the new owner, if they could expand the relationships with your current client base. For example, perhaps you're currently serving as a medical director for 10, 12, or 15 hospitals, and you have influence as to where the hospitals send out their referral work. The work may be going to a competitor in the market, and they, other possible buyers could potentially win the business if they were purchased. Strategic buyers are very motivated when they acquire a business to know the answer to these questions. So it's very important that you start thinking about these different areas where you can add value from the buyer's perspective. 
Number four, do you have solid future earnings? As we've already mentioned, having clean historical financials is crucial, but can you show buyers that you not only have prior clean, consistent financials, but that you are also trending forward in a positive direction and you have solid future earnings? For example, we recently represented a client who had very strong prior P&L statements, cash flow, balance sheet statements, and it showed a very steady growth rate of the past three to five years of about five to eight percent. This particular organization had never invested in a sales team before, and they had obtained all of their new business from word of mouth and their involvement in managing these 15 hospitals. This was something that we focused on for the buyers in the market. While the client had been successful, they had less than 15% of the local market share. We were able to showcase this and we were able to show buyers that by adding a sales staff, the business would skyrocket. This ended up working in our favor of our seller. And these are the things that you need to start considering. Take a close look at the historical growth rates, the market trends, the life stages of the company's service lines, and other measures. Anything that can make the buyer feel comfortable that what you're showcasing as the value of your lab is truly the value and that there is a much greater upside potential. Number five, is your lab located in strategic locations and do you have key insurance contracts? If your lab is located in a strategic part of the country where the buyer does not currently have existing operations, this could constitute a strategic opportunity. In addition, if your business is in a geographical desirable location for healthcare, including the payer mix, contracts, reimbursement rates, this could also increase your value. If you have certain key insurance contracts that are assignable to a new owner, this will increase the value if you're selling to a non-strategic. Perhaps your lab is located in an area that the buyer already has main testing facilities. This could present an opportunity to structure a simple asset deal and increase the seller's adjusted EBITDA due to immediate economies of sale. For example, our firm represented a lab over the course of the last 18 months that was in a very desirable state in the Southeast. The location was close to where three of the larger laboratories already had existing main testing sites. In addition, when we reviewed the client mix, many of the larger labs were also serving many of the same clients. This meant that the buyer already had all of their couriers, connectivity, lab techs, patient service centers, sales, service, billing, and many of their other fixed costs already within the same geographical location. The difference that we received in the LOIs was over 250% from the lowest LOI to the highest bidder. You might ask yourself, how is that even possible? Well, the buyer with the lowest bid was planning to keep the operation whole. They needed the contracts and they were what we considered to be a non-strategic buyer. The winning bidder was a strategic buyer and was able to absorb the client list. In this particular case, we were able to successfully sell the client list to the highest bidder and then we turned around and sold the contracts to another buyer. You talk about a double win. Now, all of these factors come into play when you look at valuation of your business. Number six, compliant. As we discussed in our last episode, compliance is a key area 
that all buyers are focusing in on. The area of compliance, just like valuation, it consists of so many areas. But for today, we will focus on some of the main areas we have recently seen buyers pay more attention to. You need to ask yourself the following questions. Does your lab have a compliance officer? If not, are you using an experienced law firm who keeps up with all of the regulations in the lab industry? If you need a recommendation for a law firm who can help in this area, private message me on LinkedIn at Melissa Butterworth. If you already have a compliance offer, you still may want to ensure you're connected with a reputable law firm who keeps up with all of the regulations in our space. Is your lab located in a state that allows an office phlebotomy? Do you have a thorough compliance program in place surrounding this? For example, our firm represented two separate labs over the last two years that consisted of states where IOPs were allowed. Both of these labs did not have a compliance officer and neither of them had a specific program in place surrounding compliance for their IOP service lines. This is where our partnership with Take Charge and Gary Huff has proven to be invaluable. Working with the prior CEO of the largest lab in the world and having true insiders on your side can not only provide you with the peace of mind, but it's also going to provide buyers and the market with a peace of mind. And that means it could pay off significantly. In one of the cases that I mentioned, the lab owner ended up getting a multiple competing offers from buyers, considering that they felt very confident in his business that they were purchasing. You need to also ask yourself, does your lab have a compliance hotline for its employees? Have you conducted internal random billing audits? For example, have you taken the time to randomly pull a few dozen doctor orders and followed the orders all the way through the end of the billing process to ensure patient deductibles are being billed? Patients are being billed the proper number of times for what insurance didn't pay, etc. Again, we could discuss the area of compliance for hours, but the key is to get your lab in order and make sure you're in a good position and you can show the buyers this. In addition, are all of your compliance manuals and inspections up to date? A laboratory that has a history of well-documented practices are going to put the buyers at rest in their mind, and it's certainly going to increase the value of your lab. Number seven, a lab that makes strategic sense from the buyer's eyes. Now, there's a common saying that I'm sure you've heard before, and that is, one cannot time the market. There's a lot of truth to this. However, it's so important that you reach out to an M&A advisor if you're considering selling your lab. They should be able to talk with you about the current state of the market, current multiples being paid, hot areas of the country, types of labs buyers are currently interested in, and whether buyers have the current capacity to buy at any certain point in time. This is very important. For example, we represented a very desirable lab who met the majority of all the criteria that we talked about today. However, the timing of the market wasn't very good. All of the buyers were busy trying to find reagents for COVID testing, and M&A activity had slowed substantially. We warned the sellers in this particular case that it was not a good time to sell from the buyer's eyes. However, they insisted on being taken to the market and they went to another advisory firm who was willing to take them to the market. This particular client came back to us having wasted an entire year because that firm took them to the market and they did not receive any offers. 
this really put them and our firm in a bad situation. It's just so challenging to go right back to the market a year after you've already went to the market. And we certainly don't recommend this. Bottom line, while you can't time the market, do your homework, find out the current state of the market, including what the market is currently paying, what multiples there are in the market. And most importantly, if it's a good time to sell your lab. If you work with an M&A firm such as ours at ASP, we work exclusively in the lab sector. So we will know that answer and we will be able to help better educate you. I know we've covered a lot in today's episode, but this concludes episode three of our discussion surrounding valuation. So to summarize the seven tips that create a quality lab in the eyes of the buyer, number one, have clean financials, at least three to five years of your P&L balance sheet and cash flow statements, and consider getting a quality of earnings report. Number two, a lab that has a solid management team and makes the owners expendable will get premium value. Number three, a lab that has a diverse test menu and client base is going to be much more attractive to buyers. Number four, a lab that's got solid future earning potential. Number five, a lab that has strategic lab locations and key contracts. Number six, a compliant lab. And number seven, a lab that makes strategic sense from the buyer's eyes. I sincerely hope that you will leave today more knowledgeable and with a better understanding of what buyers in today's market are looking for. If you would like to listen to this episode again, you can visit our website at www.advancedstrategicpartners.com and click on the podcast tab. I look forward to seeing you in two weeks on our next episode, where we will be discussing the differences between an asset versus stock sale and the differences between a strategic and non-strategic buyer and how each factor can significantly impact valuation. Hope you have a great day. Signing off until our next episode.